Come on. Hello, dear listener. Before we get into today's show, quick ask. If you find value in today's show or you've gotten value out of a previous show, please leave us a quick five-star review. Be super grateful. Thanks a lot. The strong, the powerful Ryan Frederick is here on Money Savage Create. Welcome, Ryan. Thanks for having me, George. Appreciate it. Excited to have you on. Ryan is an entrepreneur. He is an author, an investor, a speaker. He is the founder of AWH, an elite team of product creators and data problem solvers. Again, I'm excited to have you on. Ryan, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Yeah, personally, uh, I like to uh, get outside and do some uh, outdoor adventure things, probably more weekend warrior, um, you know, centric than, you know, anything, you know, uh, nearing any sort of professional uh, (laughs) capacity around it um, by by evidence of the fact that um, I, I, I bought a camper this year and I tried to take and try being the operative word, take it to Red River Gorge. In Kentucky, which is a really super cool area of the uh, Daniel Boone National Forest, where there's a bunch of hiking and climbing and outdoor stuff. And um, on the way down, I got a flat tire on one side of the camper, and on the way back, I got a flat tire on the other side. So, mm. uh, at least when it comes to tires and campers, I'm I'm, I'm very much in the, the infant stages of figuring all of that out. Well, fair enough, man. Now, do it did. Did that sour your experience? Did you just take the keys and, and, and give them back to the dealership after that? Or are you still toughing it out? The, 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 the camper is gone. I just okay. left it on the side of the road. Really? No. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, but, it, but it is um, at a service because I'm, I'm in Columbus, Ohio. And it's at a, a camper RV service uh, place north, north of Cincinnati. Um, which is about an hour, maybe an hour and 15 minutes from Columbus. So I have to go back hmm. uh, to get the camper Saturday uh, yeah. and um, and haul it back up to, to Columbus. So, no, I've not abandoned it yet. I've got, you know, a, a, probably just because I have I have more stubbornness than, um, you know, um, letting, you know, one bad ex- excursion That's right. uh, taint me. So. You know, if it continues down this path, then I will leave it on the side of the freeway. Yeah. But right now, I'm going to go pick it up. We'll give the universe one more chance. So. Exactly. <laughs> let, let, the, let the camper behave, right? Yes. You know, and, and prove itself. Perfect. So tell me a little bit more about the work you're doing. Yeah. So we're, we're a professional services firm that helps clients build uh, net new digital products and to solve data challenges. Sometimes those things are related. Um, software products are really plumbing for data. Um, so sometimes the data, you know, stuff mixes with the, the building of the software products. And sometimes we engage with clients specifically around just solving data challenges. Uh, the firm's been around for, for a very long time, 25 years. Um, and this is actually our, our 25th uh, year anniversary. Awesome. I, I have also been around that long, uh, <laughs> unfortunately. But not at, at AWH. Uh, I, I joined as a partner nine years ago, and prior to that, have been a part of starting um, several companies, mostly software companies, uh, and then uh, had the opportunity to 
join AWH as a partner and and uh, have been at it here uh, for nine years now. And we have a we have a we have a good, successful, growing uh, firm, and and so we're we're thankful and appreciative for for that. Uh, and it's mostly a result of our our team, um, and we're especially grateful and appreciative given you know the current circumstances of 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 the world in, in our, you know, pan, new pandemic state. So, um, you know, we don't take any of it for granted. We're good operators. We, we execute well, but you know, there's also, um, things to be grateful for. And, uh, we certainly are. Yeah. Well, amen to that. So I think that we probably started out the conversation in the exact right way with, with talking about you driving down to the red river gorge, whole, full of hope and optimism only to, be sidelined by a flat tire and i'm sure it's a metaphor for entrepreneurship in there somewhere and of success in general but certainly with 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 your background and the work that you're doing now you're you're accustomed to stuff coming out of left field at you yeah for sure and i think that uh one of the things that uh, I'm a firm believer in is uh, and, and Ryan Holiday wrote a book um, called The Obstacle is the Way. And it's one of my favorite books uh, because I think that it's fundamentally true that I that I think that that our our personal agency and our our agency as a as businesses is is developed over our ability to confront and, and deal with problems and to deal with them effectively uh, and things are not always going to go our way and we're not always going to get the outcomes that we want but over time I think we develop a a an ability to confront and deal with problems with, with the right mentality and, and the right perspective uh, that that is useful not only in, in business, but but personally, and I think people's ability to run toward problems versus you know turning their back and, and ignoring problems is is critical to business success, I think, as well as personal success. Yeah, I appreciate that. So the ability to actually run towards them versus running away or 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 avoiding them. R- right. Yeah. And in a book that I wrote, one of the chapters is called "Run to the Fire." And it's for founders and, and entrepreneurs, and I, I titled it that way, you know, to create a visual around the fact that, that if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you, you have to have the mentality and you have to act right in, in accordance with running to problems. And as I put it, running to the fire, most people run the opposite direction of a fire. Right. And, and you know, for for good reason. But in a business context, and I think in, in most of our personal lives, that we, we've got to get better at not um, hoping that problems are going to go away or that somebody else is going to fix them or, you know, or to procrastinate around them. And I think if you can develop the mentality of running to the fire and running to problems, you, you, your confidence in your ability to deal with any problem and anything that comes at you grows exponentially to the point of getting yourself to a place where you actually it's not that you seek out you know problems and you seek out confrontation but you almost develop a a mindset that says i can deal with with whatever comes at me 
and you just operate, I think, at a higher and different level if you can get yourself to the point of, of being willing to and actually getting good at really confronting and, and running toward problems um, as soon as they're recognized. Yeah, as, as, as you were talking about just initially running towards the fire, I thought, well, I wonder if that's like a muscle. And it is, in fact, something you get. The, the, the more you do it, it gets stronger and then you become more confident and then you end up operating at a higher and better level. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I just, I, you know, and we're not wired that way, right? I mean, we're wired for, and, and the things that we seek, if you go back to the hierarchy, our security, safety, and comfort, and all of those things, which is is the antithesis of running to the fire. Uh, but I think if you're going to really fulfill your potential individually, and if you're going to fulfill your potential as a business, then you have to get comfortable with, and you have to get good at problem solving and and running toward problems, not away from them. I appreciate that. And the only way you're ever going to be able to do that is just by starting to test yourself and starting to, yeah, is it, is it crazy to say like, well, what, what if stuff is just always going great, but then stuff's never always going great. So you you probably don't need to seek this stuff out, especially if you are starting a business because it's going to happen. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and <laughs> even the people with the, the, the best lives, you know, that others would look at and say, oh, you know, their existence looks fabulous. And, you know, personally and, and professionally, there are, are there are always problems. Right. And and I think that the misnomer that a lot of, of entrepreneurs and founders have. And I wrote a post about this recently. And I think the title of the post is something like um, if this happens, we'll be good. And that's never the case because there's all life is an unending series of problems. Running a business is an unending series of problems. The problems just shift and evolve over time and are different problems. And they sort of should be because you should be evolving as a person and your business should be evolving. But this mindset that if we just get to this point that our problems are going to go away and our problems are going to be solved is, is just misguided because that's never the case, right? Now, the problems in some ways get easier to deal with, but in some ways they also get harder to deal with. Uh, and so I think it's just a, a problem sort of evolution um, you know, spectrum that we, we sort of – down deep we sort of want and we hope – that life gets easier and doing business gets easier. And when we finally sort of come to terms with the fact that it, 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 it only gets easier in different ways, but in other aspects, it gets more challenging, then I think we're actually able to cope and deal with, with problems and our response and our reaction to them better because we get over the Pollyannish perspective that at some point it, it's just all going to be, you know, um, a panacea and it's all going to be, champagne and roses because that just isn't reality yeah yeah i appreciate that and so it's it's not the it's not that that business necessarily gets easy because you're probably always going to be encountering similar problems or problems showing up in 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 similar areas but your ability to handle it as that muscle gets stronger as you become more confident I, i think that's that's probably probably a fair way to think about it yeah definitely and i think that i think everything 
it is really muscle development, a, a, a term that you used. And I, and I love that term uh, because I think it also is, is true around risk. I think that people can develop a risk muscle uh, because most of us, again, start out very risk adverse. We're not wired for risk. You know, our parents tell us to, you know, not climb a tree too high and not to jump off a ledge and, you know, all of these things because they're they're supposed to protect us. And and so from a very early age, we're, we're sort of taught to not take risks and to avoid risks. And then and then we start to become adults and, and, and we're we're wired and we're, we're we're both from a nature perspective and a nurture perspective sort of protected against uh, risks and, and taking risks. And so when you have to then start taking risks, whether it's, you know, personally or it's professionally, most of us are don't have much of a risk muscle. And so we have to start developing that right as young adults, really. And and off and and risk is is multifaceted, right? There's there's emotional risk, there's financial risk, there's physical risk. And we've got to start sort of dipping our toe in various areas of risk to, to develop a risk muscle. And I think, and I'm a little bit biased here because I like doing uh, outdoor adventure activities that have a little bit of physical risk associated to them. But I think there's great value in that because most risk that's centric on one, um, one sort of tier or an aspect of risk, like physical risk, still has emotional risk to it and financial risk. If, if, you know, if, if I drive my mountain bike off the side of a cliff and, and get injured, I'm going to have physical risk as part of that. I'm going to have some financial risk as part of it. I'm certainly going to have some emotional risk as part of it. It's probably going to impact my ability to, to live and work the way that, that I'm accustomed to, et cetera. So I sort of encourage people to start developing their risk muscle, to start doing things that are outside of their comfort zone. Maybe it's not mountain biking initially, right? Maybe it's something, you know, going to an indoor climbing gym and starting to climb indoors where there are people there that can, that can guide you and train you and, and, and watch over you, but start to do some things that feel risky because the more that you start to take those things on, the more you start to enjoy those things, excel at those things, then you're developing your risk, risk muscle that can then correlate into other aspects of your personal and professional life. I think that's a, a, a great idea. I think that's a, a cool concept I'd never really thought about. But yeah, why why wouldn't putting yourself in in moderate or very low level of physical risk, like like you're talking about going and taking some classes on, on how to rock climb so you're in a safe environment, but still there's still risk involved. And that will certainly correlate or translate over into your ability to better navigate through or handle emotional and financial risk and all the other kinds of risks that, 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 that we're going to face. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's not, you know, ultimately if you're going to, I believe if you're going to do anything of, of sort of substance, substance and significance, you're going to have to face risk as part of it at some point. And if, if you, if you understand, if you've developed your wrist mus muscle a little bit and you understand how you react to risk, um, how, how you, um, embrace it and where your tolerances are at any given point in time, 
then you can make an informed decision about you know some uh, some potentially risky endeavor right or the or a risky aspect of an endeavor to know what's your risk tolerance at this point right physically emotionally financially etc the only way to know where those tolerances are for you at any given point in time is to um, have begun to develop your risk muscle and to put yourself in some potentially risky situations and and again i think it becomes a stair step for people because what i often see happen is people you know go from they attempt to go from zero to a hundred right they 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 say and 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 this probably applies for men more than it does for for women at least based upon my experience that you know you'll you'll run into a friend that's like hey i'm gonna go you know whitewater kayaking on the Colorado River, you know, in, in the Grand Canyon. It's like, oh, have you, you know, have you been whitewater rafting before with a guy? Nope. Have you whitewater kayaked before? Nope. Oh, <laughs> so you're just, you're just going to strap on a helmet and get yourself in a kayak and you're just going to go. Well, yeah, how hard can it be? And so it, the, I do think it's important, you know, and then it often isn't a great experience, right? Um, so I do think it's important to sort of stair step into it and at each checkpoint, the other thing that I that I advise people to do is when they're developing their risk muscle and going through these these um, elevated risk um, sort of opportunities and challenges, is to keep a journal and to journal how did it feel, was it in, how did it feel different than the last time, uh, how did they react to it, right? Were were they were they nervous? Were they anxious? Were, did they get upset, right? As part of it, because a lot of what happens as part of engaging in risk is emotion comes into it, and the, and then you know some stress, and then some anger, right? Because then um, we're not controlling our emotions and our reactions to it, and then that sort of bubbles up into you know a higher state of anger. And so I think that it's important for people as they engage in those um, risky endeavors, um, in, you know, escalated over time, actually keep a journal around it so they know where their tolerance level is and how they react to and deal with risk. Love it. That's good stuff. Well, Ryan, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Yeah, I would say that um, – Running to the fire is certainly one of them. The other one I would say is, I, I read a quote when I was um, pretty young, and, and it, the quote is, most people lead lives of quiet desperation. And, and I think, unfortunately, that's true for many. And I think the, the, uh, I think the antithesis to that, and sort of the, the, the medication to that, if you will, is to lead a very intentional and disciplined life. And, and I think it, it, intentionality and discipline is, is universally honored and respected, and it's almost undeniable. Yet, most people do not lead very intentional and disciplined lives. And one of the, the real obvious uh, answers you know, to that is it, it, there are really only two, two primary pillars to being relatively fit and healthy, and that's to eat reasonably well and to get a reasonable amount of strenuous exercise. Most people can agree those are the two fundamentals, yet most people are not as fit and healthy as they want to be, which means that even when there are only two fundamentals to accomplishing something that most people desire, they don't really because they're not intentional about it and they're not disciplined. And 
you know, goal setting and all of that is 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 certainly okay. But I think there is actually a big difference between setting a goal and being intentional about something. A goal to me sort of says, well, if it doesn't happen, that's okay. My life's not going to be that much different. It'll be okay. If you're intentional about something, I think it, it, it's in a level of commitment that says this is going to happen come hell or high water. And I just think people sort of flipping that lever to even going from being goal oriented to becoming intentional and disciplined is a significant evolution for most people. Well, I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets come on. Come on. I, I, I agree with everything you just said. I think it's a horrible, sad thing that most people are leading lives of quiet desperation. And I do believe that a lack of intentionality is probably what is keeping people living those lives of quiet desperation. So, all right. Thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? And how can people, who who is a good fit to be engaging with AWH? Yeah, we work with uh, clients across the spectrum of startups up to, to enterprises. It really depends on you know where they are with with their evolution of of a product and um, whether it's you know it's a good fit culturally and and from a a process and, and communication perspective. So AWH's site is awh.net. You can get in touch with us there if if you think that um, we might be of service around building a product or solving a data problem. And then my personal site, which you can get to the first book that I've written and and. Um, if you want to reach out about um, anything else like speaking or or what have you, is ryanfrederick.biz, B-I-Z. Perfect. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Ryan your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to awh.net and also check out ryanfrederick.biz. Thanks again, Ryan. Thank you. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. Spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? Any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right.